Welcome to the Curiously Wise Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Wittig. This podcast is all about honoring, sharing, and celebrating the natural and experiential wisdom of my guests through curiosity-provoking conversations, shared stories, and tips we've all gathered along this journey. And from time to time, I'll be sharing my own stories and my own wisdom in solo episodes. Oh, and we'll be laughing. A lot. I invite you to join in the fun as we uncover the unique wisdom we each carry within us. Ready? Let's get curious. Hello and welcome to Curiously Wise. I'm so happy to have you here. I am Lauren Wittig. I'm your host and I have an amazing guest today. Her name is Uma Shankari. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And Uma was born and raised in India. She left India in 1997 to pursue her higher education in the U.S. She has an MS in electrical engineering. She chose a career in IT and had worked in the corporate world until 2014. After 16 solid years in the industry, when she thought her life was set in IT, she had a spiritual awakening that would change her future forever in ways that she could not fathom. And that's what we're going to start with today. <laughs> Welcome here to Curiously Wise. I really love meeting you and I can't wait to hear about your story. So if you could just tell us how you came from being an IT person to a channeler and an artist in this awakened life that you have, I would love to hear that journey. First of all, thank you for having me on the show and having me come and share my journey and my experiences I truly appreciate everybody who is interested in learning about my story. So I was a very normal person, you know, going to IT, didn't believe in anything. Well, I grew up spiritual because in our Indian household, it's an integral part of everything. So it's not like this is spiritual, it's just, you know, it's woven in every fabric of life. So in 2012, I had a spiritual awakening and it led to, there was a woman who was an energy healer. She sent an email to this group and I didn't know her from Adam. I didn't care to do a service or anything with her, reading with her. So what I what happened was there was this nagging. I don't know from where it came from, either within my own you know, spirit or soul or from an external kind. I have no idea, but it was this nagging to go into this, do this a session with her and I was like okay this is so annoying I just don't want to do this I, I don't believe in these kind of things so for me in the 90s and to early 2000s you would have these infomercials at midnight where all these psychics would come and like rescue your lover and bring them mm -hmm. back to you that's the idea I had for people who did energy healings and those kind of things so I was like, I just didn't want to do it. Then finally I said, you know what? I'm just going to do it to prove myself that I'm right. Mm. Lo and behold, I was wrong. <laughs> I did the session and something happened within myself. She did a chakra healing for me. And one thing led to another. I started connecting with my own higher self. And I just opened up just crazy. And then I said one day, I sat at my home one day in Chicago and I said, God, I understand you for the first time. Show me something about love, a book about love. So I went on Amazon and I don't know exactly what happened. I had this book and it was called 
the book of, it's a Paul Selig's second book. I'm just having a moment, Book of Love and Creation. Mm. And it was just the app title. And it, had I not had this session with this woman, I would have not read the book. So it was a channel text. And for the first time, I membership with channeling works. So it was a second book of the series. And I was like, you know, being someone who's so logical, I was like, no, 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 I should read the first book. So I, I just, I knew I wanted to read this book, but I just wanted to be clear which one I had to read. And I checked and I got the answer. Just you asked for this and, you know, just go ahead and read it. One thing led to another. This book was an eye opening. And I brought this book back to family and I read the whole series with my sisters. Hmm. And in 2012, I had the reading. 2013, I started reading the books. And I was working in the profit world, really big bank, one of the top banks in, in, in the world. And I was very set in my career, but something started just zapping my energy. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I thought maybe I needed a six-month break and I'll come back and I, I'll join work. So I was like, maybe I'll find a new job and that'll fix it. Blah, blah, blah. But one thing led to another in, in 2014, in June, something presented itself at work that made it very clear for me, I can't deal with toxicity anymore. I just can't deal with this anymore. And literally in three days, I put on a short-term disability and I left, mm. thinking that I'll come back in six months. Six months was done and I had no intention of going back. So I sent a resignation letter and he said, I'm not coming back. And here's the funny thing, right? I'm not one of those people who saves a lot of money. I made money. I traveled. Traveling was my guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. So I never really, a lot of people would be like, oh my God, I'm investing in this. I'm investing in that. So people are very secure. I was not one of those people. I literally had 20 grand in my bank account. That's all I had. And mm-hmm. I, but I knew I just couldn't do this anymore. So I just quit. In September of 2014, I quit. But that year, when I quit my job and I took a short visit and I came home, I thought I would be scared, but I wasn't scared. I woke up the next morning with this, just like this burden just released from my back, just washed away from my back. Mm-hmm. And I woke up with this huge smile on my face and I was <laughs> like, okay, it, it feels right. So I did yoga every day. I went for walks every day. I met friends for lunch. I sat outside in Chicago cafes, mm. just had a cup of tea and sat for hours. And you know that, like I have never experienced true summer in Chicago. I just mm. like I was always cooped up at work. And then one thing led to another. In 2016, the author of this book that I just mentioned had come to Chicago. He said, mm. you know, I was going to go and do a workshop. So I did a workshop. And out of that, doing that workshop, it became very clear to me that I needed to just look into just writing. So I came home. There's the third book is about innate wisdom. Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the books, but anyway, one of the chapters in the third book is about your wisdom. So I, I pulled that chapter, I read a little bit, I centered myself and reached out to my own wisdom. And then I opened my eyes and I started just writing. I said, you know what? Whatever random words are going to come, I'm just going to write. So just random I was writing. And then all of a sudden I started speed writing. Mm. All of a sudden I started speed writing. And in like an hour, I looked and there were like seven or eight pages. And I read it. It was material. Mm -hmm. And what happened is when I 
started, and I've never written in my life, meaning I, I'm, I'm good at English. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, can, I love reading books. I am a voracious reader, but writing was not something that came very naturally and easily mm-hmm. to me. And I'm not like this amazing writer either. Like even if for sending emails, I was sent it like, look at it like office emails that was sent like 10 times. Did I write the right thing? Like, you know, <laughs> as a sort of person I am. Mm-hmm. In 21 days, I wrote 21 chapters. Wow. Every morning I was woken up. I would feel this tingle in my hand and I would just wake up at somewhere between 5 and 5.15. I would write it till like 7, 8 o'clock read the chapter and put it aside 21 days to each chapter so it's done. Wow. all my books i've written six books all my work is like that even my mm. artwork it comes in a flash and it's not like i'm trying to write and when i write i don't go back and check what i've written mm-hmm. i can't if i check then like i'm not trusting the process and it just right. throws me out. right i just have to keep writing and sometimes i don't know what the next word is I literally, I probably know the next few words, but I don't know the entire sentence. Mm. I have to keep writing. Too. Sometimes I'll be writing and I'll be like, that? Really? <laughs> and like, I'll be like, okay, just trust the person. I'll be writing and it just moves. Mm. And there'll be times I, I'll get words that I'm not with words in my life. Mm. Wow. And that has happened. Yeah, wow. I, that has happened to me. And I've been like, well, I don't know if this word exists. Mm-hmm. Then I'm writing and I'm going to check and there, of course, there will be a word. Mm-hmm. And sometimes one of those words, a couple of words, there are ancient words that you don't use anymore in English. Wow. I've gotten them. Well, that's and I would be like, I don't know what that means. And, you know, throughout, so it, it's been this really amazing process that for me is fascinating because if, if I was someone who always wrote, I wouldn't be fascinated. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was a writer. <laughs> Because I don't know what's coming next. For me, the continent uh-huh. itself is very fast. Sometimes I'll write and I'll be like, wait, that? And I'll, once I'm done, I'll read it and I'll be like, oh my God. Yeah. That's yeah. just, you know, because it, it doesn't feel like I'm writing, yet I'm writing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like somebody else's take. Look, people have asked me, does someone take over you? But I'm like, no, I'm fully awake, mm-hmm. fully available fully present, cognizant, everything is just happening. Mm-hmm. How and what has happened to me is I have a very wide open third eye and a seventh chakra. Mm-hmm. When I read post Alex, my third eye and seventh chakra were just, just wide open. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even now for me, it's, it never stops. It's always pulsing with energy. If I speak about it, it'll start pulsing faster. Mm-hmm. So it's something that has happened to me organically and naturally. Yeah. So, you know, so that's how it evolved. And then one thing led to another. Then I started writing books every couple of months. I would just start and mm. sit and start writing. Yeah. And so that is how it has evolved. And 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 when I, I I've only published one book and for many reasons. And mm. and I have, you know, I also want to be very even though it is channeled, the more I'm getting attuned to channeling. I don't want any interference and I want to make sure that the material that I'm presenting is really from the highest good mm-hmm. because I am responsible for that. I can't just put out some material and it's like, and there'd be a discrepancy because there have been discrepancies even in my own writing and I have to step back and, you know, kind of like just look at it. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I'm, I'm a very, I wouldn't say cautious, I'm more Really wanting to the, the material to align with the kind of split book markets. Mm-hmm. 
And that is something I've taken upon myself. And because of that, I delay things a little bit. Mm-hmm. And let's not just rush out and say, oh my God, just, you know, this has to go out. And like, I don't have that sense of urgency. Yeah. And only one, the one that I'm going to give free for the public, that one, that document, it, I wrote it in literally like a couple of hours. And, and I, when I read it, because the, the material itself, like, the, the, it's so poetic. And I'm not a poet. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't rhyme anything when I'm talking at all. Like, I'm such a different person when I'm writing mm-hmm. compared to when I'm just talking. When I'm just talking, if you ask me to just say something, a, a, like, kind of something rhymes, I'm like, I, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. So, sort of like, I'm the same person, but I'm not. But something mm-hmm. happens when I'm writing or drawing that just takes me out of this physicality. It just takes me somewhere that is, I'm here, but mm-hmm. I'm not here. Yeah. You know? so, somewhere I'm, I'm getting out of my body or tapping into something that is from the infinite cosmos. Right. I, I do the a similar kind of thing pretty regularly after I meditate, I like to talk to my guides and I do it either longhand or sometimes on the computer and I'll, I'll just pose a question and then whatever comes through, I write down and I just keep asking questions if they come up and, and then just letting it flow. And I'm always surprised when I go back and read it afterwards. It's not my voice. It's not the syntax I would use. It's not the word choices. It's often more formal than I speak. And I know because of that change, because of that difference, that it's real, that it's true. But I'm, I'm, when I first started doing it and I was like, this is crazy, weird, but the voice was so clearly not me. And yet I was, like you said, I didn't know what was coming next, but I would get two or three words and I would just write them down and I would just go with the flow. And then I got some amazing confirmations and guidance and wisdom from all of that process. So I haven't done it in a full book form. I have written books. I'm a a published novelist, but I use it as a tool for myself quite often and also for my, my clients. And it's really fascinating to channel. It's just like, but I also understand your hesitance to bring things out without that urgency to it. Sometimes you receive things and it's like you're receiving them now because it's a good time for you to receive them, but it's not yet time. The time is, I like to use the word ripe, R-I-P-E. Time isn't ripe yeah. for it to go out into the world yet. Yeah. yeah. And so I totally understand that, that idea of receiving it, but not having any urgency to bring it out yet. Yeah. So that's very- Even with, with, like, with my artwork, Mm-hmm. I, I have delayed it significantly because my artwork is it's even more significant than my writing. Mm-hmm. And if I was fascinated with my writing, the art takes it to like an end degree. Oh, okay. So let's, let's talk about your art. I've seen a little bit of it in, on some videos and it's beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. And I, I can tell just by looking at it that there's way more there than meets the eye. Is, I don't know if that's the right way to say it. So that's, tell that's us about true. the process and, and what, because uh, there's a lot of symbology and, and just, I, I don't know, it's just beautiful. But tell us about that and maybe why you're receiving it. Okay. You know, the question of the why is not something I really brought into. Mm-hmm. Like after being on this journey, when your chakras are open, you're tapping into the infinite. Yeah. When you're tapping into the infinite, you know, anything's possible. Well, when I started this journey, I used to ask a lot of, oh my God, why? What? Now I'm just like, okay, it's coming, you know. <laughs> this, but don't get me wrong, I'm not like, oh, I'm getting it. It's kind of shocking for me in a, in a very pleasant way. Mm-hmm. In September of 20, 
19. I, I was launching my, the first, public, first published book, The Lion's Wisdom. And what happened is I'm also into very healthy eating. And I had a friend of mine who was a big meat and potato eater, never believed in anything vegetarianism or anything. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm a vegetarian by choice. And, and also I grew up in an Indian household where vegetarianism is not unheard of. Right. It comes to my home and he's like very hesitant to eat and he eats and his eyes go like, like you know, <laughs> wide open. And, I, and so I was publishing my book and like, you know, I was going to order food from outside because I ran a food business for three years. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you should cook for your book lunch. And I'm like, you got to be crazy. There are 50, 60 people coming. But I, I can cook for 50 to 100 people. But like it, it, he talked to me on Friday. And my book launch was Tuesday. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I only have Saturday and Sunday in between. Are you kidding me? Like, he's like, no, you should do it. So literally in two days, I cooked for 50, 60 people. Wow. And all weekend food, just a huge spread of. And I, I worked by myself in my kitchen. I just had one person helping. So when I went to my book launch, people just couldn't stop talking about the food. And, uh, <laughs> so it's like, I'm, I'm like, oh, great. Thank God I, I made it, you know. Mm-hmm. But what happened afterwards was so fascinating. There was this lady who came to me and said, can you cook for me? And I was like, you know, I looked at her and I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. She was like, can you uh, make me meals? You know, I was thinking about it, but I was like, okay, I'll do it for you. Mm-hmm. So what happened was when I was cooking for her, I was not really cooking. I would go into the zone of just like creating. Mm. I would get ingredients and I would just, just like, I would just be making this. I would get an idea and I would just start there. And, you know, like it just kept going. And like when you're doing something passionate and you're not doing it for the money, but you're just doing it because you're just so warm to make it. Mm-hmm. I was in that zone for like probably a month. Mm. Just literally for a whole month. I did it. Like I would just buy this ingredient that like I was just playing with it. And what happened was just being in that, you know, it's such a, it's very hard to explain, but it was such a meditative state for me. It just doing it brought me so much joy and just packing it and sending it to her. And she would just keep, come and give me this fabulous feedbacks about like, oh my God, your food is so amazing. Mm-hmm. So it was like, but it was not the cooking. It was just the love, the healing, mm-hmm. like, you know, the, what you wanted to give for humanity, everything right. was like to one. Right after that, what happened was this openness happened for me. So on November 9th, I just had a, like, I was just sitting and I heard, like, I'm going to write yet another book. And I was like, okay, it had been a while since I'd written. It had already been like two years since I'd written. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we'll see what happens. So I didn't realize on the 11th, it was 11 11. I didn't realize that was the day that it was being channeled. I, it didn't occur to me, like, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I woke up and I started writing. But I, the, the first or second chapter when I wrote, I heard that I was going to channel codes. And they explained to me what a code is. And I got five terminologies or, or, or words that I knew were real and existed, but I didn't know what they were. Mm-hmm. And you're going to laugh. It was metaverse, not the metaverse from Facebook. Mm-hmm. Meta codes, meta being. It was just like several meta, meta, meta words. And when I heard that I was going to download codes, I was like, it scared me. 
because mm. I was barely getting, even though I loved writing, it was pretty boring. You know, no matter how much I'm going to say it's channeled, it never really feels real to me. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like I'm making it up, you know? Yeah. So, so what happened is I started, I was very like intimidated and I was like, okay, at least I have until the end of the book. So I'm just going to finish the book. Then I can think about it. Mm-hmm. On December 21st or 22nd, I finished the book. I take a notebook with trepidation. I sit and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just so scared. Mm. You know, I, I've never done, downloaded any codes. So what happened is the word was metadata. That's what I was going to receive. And I'm like, I don't know what a metadata is. <laughs> I was like, I just was stunned and I'm sitting there scared, you know, trepidation with like so much of anxiety. And I was like, I work in the IT field. So the word metadata, there is an IT phrase, yeah. metadata. And you know, so I said, you know what? I know from an IT perspective what metadata, that's all I said. And then I put my hand and I started drawing all these symbols. One of my friends, they're all like quantum physicists and I showed it to them and they did some research, came back and they said, this is light language. So I went and typed light language. I took that and I compared it with mine. It was exactly the same. Wow. Like <laughs> almost identical. Uh-huh. Then I kept doing and it kept evolving. I don't think I was being told to write the light language. I think that I was being shown so that I can get some confidence within myself that I'm on the right path. So from 22nd until like December 29th, I just kept just random. Like it was just like nonstop. I would just keep writing. And one day um, I knew that I had to go and get like a drawing notebook and some markers. Mm. I came home within like an hour. I drew like four diagrams, all very musical in nature. Wow. In an hour. Mm-hmm. See, the thing about my work is I, I do things very fast. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's just like, it, it's yeah. just like I take, I, I'm done, you know, something like that. On June 2nd, I knew I had to draw it on black paper. Don't ask me how I know it. It's, you know, people say it's annoying. It's almost like if you want to have a glass of water, you don't say, hmm, I know I need to get it. It's just like you get up and you go. Right. For me, right. my entire artwork was like that. Mm. I just got up. I knew what paper I needed. I knew what kind of pens I needed. And I started drawing. Mm. But period when I was drawing was this, when I started drawing, was this amazing time of my life because I got up every day. Oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to get today. Yeah. <laughs> what's this tool for me today you know i was so excited about it mm. i wish i had the same excitement right now it's gone you know oh, it's just no. <laughs> stop it. and you know then it kept evolving and evolving and i i i just you know there's one art you can see in the back that's mm. one of the artwork so it just kept evolving and then i go to the store and i'm not a trained artist i have never drawn in my life i don't know how to use paintbrushes mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to use paints. Like, I don't know what, I didn't know there was something called acrylic and there's something called oil color. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I, so then as the work kept evolving, I would just go to those store and say, I want this kind of paint. So yeah, we have it. And then I would say, I need this kind of pen. And I would say, do you have this kind of glitter? And then just kept evolving. 
So basically, my artwork is not about codes, it's not about symbols. Most people that are drawn to my artwork are like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I, it's so funny. Like, you know, I tell people, great, I hope you love it. Can you get past the beauty of it and see through it? Mm-hmm. And people get very agitated about it. They're like, huh. why would you say that? You know, it's so beautiful, but I'm trying to convey something. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is it's a portal to the cosmos. Mm. Oh wow! So people have to come out of that. You know, they get hooked. But what happens is, I, I tell people this a lot, and even the most evolved spiritual people have a hard time with it. Meaning, when you're looking at the artwork, get out of the way. Meaning, just, just people will say, oh my God, that's my spiritual color. Or that's, because that's a limitation. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. that's simple, that's so me. Or, oh my God, that's, you know, I, I would say, actually, it's not that. Mm-hmm. Can you set aside all of that and just be with the image and let the vibrations of the image mm-hmm. get through to you? Mm-hmm. And it's the most difficult thing people have with it because you have to really be at the receiving end and just not do anything and mm-hmm. still receive it. Yeah, it feels, it feels almost like you would meditate with it. That's it. Yeah. Just yeah you, you just have to be. sit with it. Yeah. There, there used to be when my kids were little, there were these 3D books that got printed where if you looked at it, it didn't make any sense. But if you relaxed your eyes and just allowed the focus to change on its own, you would suddenly see this whole world come alive. And that's what it, it reminded me of that when you were talking about it. And, and I've got goosebumps, which people who know me means that I've, I've hit a truth. <laughs> so yeah, that's fascinating. They are beautiful. I've, I've only seen a few on your website. I haven't looked at them very closely, but they're, they are dramatically beautiful. Um, would you but, like to see one of them? I would love to. Yes, please. This is my latest work. Oh, goodness. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. So for those who are only hearing this, you'll have to go to the video when it's published to see it because it's just beautiful. It reminds me of a Nautilus shell or the circle of time or there's just so many. And I'm immediately drawn to the middle of the spiral. Just like that's where I want to go. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. So almost all my work is Nautilus shell. About 90% of my work is Nautilus shell. Hmm. So what happened is this is part of the evolution within me is I've never been huge on religion. And for me, it's been a comeback to Hinduism because a Nautilus shell, before I started drawing, I was not so much into Hinduism, even though the chakra system and everything originated in Hinduism. Mm -hmm. What happened was when I came back to India, every single temple has a Nautilus shell. Every single deity you have a seat has a Nautilus shell. So what it is, is it's a morphogenetic consciousness field that is within the Nautilus shell. So it also has the, it has a frequency of 7.83 hertz, which is the same as the frequency of the sound ohm. And mm-hmm. the same as the frequency with which the, the earth is spinning, the, the sound that the earth makes. So I had this huge awakening into my own artwork out uh-huh. of coming back to India. And I came back to India in 2020, last year, I moved back to India. Mm-hmm. So every work of mine is an artificial, and there is a particular frequency in that. And I haven't done any research on that. Mm-hmm. The only thing I did was I gave it to a very renowned remote viewer to just take a look at it. 
what she told me was she was able to hear harmonics, sound harmonics. Yeah. And my younger sister who passed it a couple of months ago, she was able to hear sound harmonics. And a few people have come back and said they've sound, heard sound harmonics. So the, the artwork is about the sound harmonics it carries mm-hmm. and the cosmic energy that it has. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, we have to really break the meditation and just be open to something yeah. beyond what we've experienced because spirituality can become a limitation. Yes. And, and to really break that limitation of spirituality and just be open to just learning a little bit more. Yeah. And what I did was within two months of drawing, I had, I, so as I was drawing, I knew how to use it for spiritual healing. I wasn't told that these are the example steps I should do. Mm-hmm. I just knew mm-hmm. how to do it. And mm-hmm. I followed the same process that, that I knew with a bunch of my friends. I invited them home and I showed them the artwork and I, I, I did a session in Chicago. People were like able to feel things in their body they could mm. some people were not spiritual they said one person came and said i feel something here you know yeah that's a good so, thing is it normal? i'm like yeah anything is you know it is normal actually yes but, you know yeah. so, so i i haven't really done a full-fledged spiritual healing for people because me myself i'm it's, it's sort of like you know you're giving you're given a new technology to use mm-hmm. And nobody else has used it. So you have to be really careful and make sure everything is, you know, you understand things before you just go and test it on people. Yeah. You yeah. know, so I'm so I'm sort of in that in the place of like, you know, just sort of like really coming to a good understanding of my work before just saying, you will, this will just heal you. That'll be a very arrogant thing for me to say. But I know people have had, you know, cer- certain things happen within their body and yeah. certain information come out and all kinds of things and it's been fascinating for me physically the other I'm like oh you feel that mm-hmm. oh really mm-hmm. <laughs> like for me it's like because I'm like the 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 child the the student that's learning from my own artwork yeah yeah so you know that's that's the thing so well, I, have, I, also I just look. want to share with you just looking at that picture for just what 30 seconds or so I can feel a heart opening happening I mean it's it's very palpable I can feel it spinning and I can feel it growing which is kind of amazing because, you know, you're in India and I'm here in Virginia and just looking at it for a few moments has already, is already, I, I mean, it's kind of making me teary because it just feels so lovely. Yeah. It's, it's I'm going to have to get some. <laughs> so, so here's the other fascinating thing, right? When I first started drawing, I would literally finish an artwork in like 30 minutes, mm. 30 to 45 minutes. I would be done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even today, I can't explain what that is. And I usually I would sit and I wouldn't be like, oh, this is what I, you know, a normal artist, they have a frame of reference. Mm-hmm. I don't have. It. Yeah. So they come with an understanding what they want to draw. For me, that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm coming and I'll be like, okay, I, I don't know what I'm going to get today. Right. You know, right. And I just have to go with the flow. And what's fascinating is when I used to draw, I would be thinking that the line is going this way and something would happen and the line would go this way. Mm. Either I, something, I would hit the table or something oh. would happen. <laughs> and that was how it was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And I would be like using a paint and it would spill. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be like, oh my God, what happened? I would be like, oh, that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. So 
one of the things I learned from my artwork was when you're very present and a mistake happens, that is not a mistake. It's something that is meant to happen within the artwork or in your personal life. When you're really making mistakes constantly as a pattern, that's not a mistake. It's a pattern that we have created for ourselves. And this mistake is something that's in every artwork. Mm-hmm. A lot of my artwork, they're not precise at all. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't use a lot of tools. It's So this particular artwork mostly is by hand. Mm-hmm. There are some lines I drew, but even those lines, I didn't use them. Okay. And I don't use any tools to draw them. The, the Nautilus shell is hand-drawn. Okay. Wow. Well, they're not, they look very precise, but are, they're not actually precise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, it gives you an illusion of this, this, you know, this precision that doesn't exist. So I want to use this artwork as an example, because okay. you understand what I'm talking about. So this is one of the earlier artworks I drew. Yeah, I think See I saw how precise that. precise it is? Yeah. Wow. But it, it's not precise at all. So I didn't. <laughs> Sure, anything at all. Wow. And the lines are not equally spaced at all. Yeah. Okay. But it gives you an illusion of precision. Yeah. Yeah. I see the music in it too. It's very musical. Yeah. Yeah. And also, only the lines were drawn with a scale. But if you look at this side, uh-huh. they're very evenly spaced and precise. But I, it's all hand drawn, freehand. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So this is. One of my earlier drawings, mm-hmm. when I had just began to draw. So this is the one I showed you. When I drew this particular one, even today, this is my absolute, I've drawn a lot of amazing things since then. Mm-hmm. But this particular artwork I drew and I went into a funk because I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And I was so sad because I was like, I can't reproduce this. Mm. And I don't think I can draw anything like this ever again. And, and I'll be honest, but to, to this day, I don't think I, I, I can't reproduce any of my artwork. Huh. Give it to me and you say, can you reproduce it? I can't do it. That's because you're doing so it we're, paneled. Yeah. So for example, a good example for me is once in a blue moon, I will get an artwork that flashes in front of my eyes. It just flash. Mm-hmm. But I don't have the time to understand what the whole thing was. Mm-hmm. but I won't sit and try to recollect it. If I try to recollect it, I'm trying to replicate something that exists. The whole point of this is like, I need to use my own free spirit to, mm-hmm. to draw it. So if I, otherwise I'm copying something that exists in the cosmos. Mm. So I had to really use my free spirit and freedom while really downloading the art at the same time. So it's kind of this, very interesting phenomenon that can't be explained by words or even by myself right. at all. I love how open you are to just really let whatever wants to flow through you flows through you. I know that I at times resist that and I don't do it on purpose. It's fear or ego or, but I, you know, I've worked a lot to, to release that, but you are so wide open to accept and receive and it's just beautiful. And you can see that it's, I mean, you are, you're, you're, a pure channel, I would say. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Lauren, I think I, I ex- my acceptance is not because I'm unique. I think because I'm doing something, you, you're a novelist, mm-hmm. right? You're a novelist and then you're writing it, right? Mm-hmm. So there is certain, there is the, the, the similarity in background exists. 
And I want to explain this to people as well, because I don't want people to think like I'm this extra special at all. Mm -hmm. I think mainly because I was not an artist and then I started drawing, I really don't have any expectations. Right. And I think that is why it makes me a good yeah. candidate for this. I agree. You know, had I been an artist and I allow it, I would have all kinds of like, That's right. you know, because I, there are areas in my life I don't allow a lot of things, mm -hmm. even in my spiritual world. So the, this is one of the reasons why I'm able to allow it freely. Yeah. Because I don't have any frame of reference. And people have looked at my art and one, someone came and said, well, you know, this is kind of like Mexican, what's the, there are names for certain art. The certain yeah. kind of work, they'll say, Oh, this is that. And I'm like, Oh, so whatever I'm doing already exists in the universe and in the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, just one day I wake up and I start like drawing. Yeah. yeah. I heard like in the past that there was this guy who never knew how to play a piano. Mm -hmm. One day he just woke up and he started playing. I'm one of those people. Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. So it's like I'm fascinated by my own art because I'm. I didn't know how to do it. Right. We started singing all of us and, and nobody had to teach me. Right. So then you don't have a choice but to trust it, right? Right, right. And that was my experience with my healing work is that it was just suddenly I realized I could sense chakras. That's where it started in myself and then in other people. And then I learned to kind of work with them, but totally intuitively were guided. You know? So that's, that's for me, that's where I get that total joy because- I call myself, I work like, kind of like a jazz musician. I've taken some classes now, but it's like, I use this and then, oh, I, oh, I, I, this is what I need right here. And then I'll pull this in and, you know, and it's like, and then I do something completely that I've never done before. And, you know, so you, I think that's where I'm in that, that flow yeah. state that you're talking about. Yeah. And yeah. it's, and it brings me so much joy when I get to do that kind of work for people. So, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. All right. This has been really, really interesting. I want to move on to the rapid fire questions real quick. Okay. Great. And, and then we'll Would get you to, like to see us. some more uh, artwork or you're good. You know what? Show us another one. Oh, wow. That one's pretty cool too. Oh, see, I could just stare at these, just sink into it. That's beautiful. Yeah. I like the black background because it feels like you could just sink into it. You could just pass into yeah. it. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's an excellent one. It, that one looks 3D to me. As you move it around, it looks very 3D. It's very interesting. Actually, it is a, a multidimensional image. Is it? Okay. So you can hang these images any which you uh -huh. want. So they don't yeah. have a direction. That's they have layers of layers. And yeah. so it has a lot of layers into it. Oh, that's really interesting. I'm, I am just mesmerized by these things. These are. <laughs> so one of the things I was going to say was I had drawn over... 200 pictures within a matter of 10 months. Wow. Yeah. That's most of my work, mo yeah. most of my work was done in 29, 2020. Wow. Because I came to India to take care of my dad. So I haven't had time to really sit and draw. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love the stars in that one. That one also looks very 3D. It's wow. They're all very 3D. Yeah. Yeah. Just beautiful. So again, for those who are just listening, this will be out on video eventually, oh, and they are beautiful. And, and she's going to tell us where you can go and see more of them too. Yeah. They move. It's really interesting. I mean, I know that you're not holding it perfectly still, I but call they, them, they move. They do move. Actually, yeah. I call them kinetic because they have a movement. To be honest with you, I think there's a lot more to my images than what I have explored. Yeah. And I also want to be careful who I give these images to. 
Mm-hmm. I can't just give it to everybody. No, because um, they're, they're very powerful. Yeah. Wow. So I usually- I'm so happy to see these. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing those with us because they're really beautiful. <laughs> and, and we will get her to, to let us know where her website is and stuff in a few minutes. And that'll all be in the show notes too, of course, including your book. So rapid fire. These are just real quick. I ask all my guests the same questions. I don't know what I'm going to do with them yet, <laughs> but, okay. um, but I, they're just kind of fun. So the first question is who is, or was the wisest person in your life? My sister. The one that passed? My younger sister. Yeah. Okay. All right. Can you tell us why she was so wise? You know, there are four children, my older brother, sister, and me, and then her, but wisdom why she was the First, it was kind of reversed in my family. It's completely reversed. Okay. Wisdom wise. So <laughs> something happened in my life with one of the family members and it was a big one, but no, she never told me. She didn't tell me because she knew that was not the appropriate time to tell. She knew I couldn't listen. Mm-hmm. She waited nearly six, seven years before she told me what happened. Wow. And I asked her why she didn't tell me. She said, you wouldn't have listened to me even if I told you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that, and also she was the reason I got married. Oh, I'm 49. And then she, before she passed away, she made sure I got married. And <laughs> a few months later, she was gone. Oh, so yeah, she knew means a lot to me. She's still watching over you. I can feel yeah. it. Yeah. Lovely. All right. What's your favorite self care practice? Yoga in the morning. Okay. That's a lot. I, I hear that one a lot. It's, I, I'm, I love yoga. I'm not good at doing it on my own. So <laughs> one of the things I want to improve. What lights you up when you're feeling down? My husband. Hmm. Okay. He really has, you know, if there is something to look forward to, being single all these years, I just let, lived my life. Mm-hmm. But him coming into my life has made it very different and look forward to because there's someone that that's just waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And it's him always that when I am down, he's the one who's right next to me and saying, it's going to be okay. Good. So yeah. Good husband. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And do you have a favorite mantra or affirmation? Yes. The Gayatri Mantra. Have you heard of it? Mm, I don't think so. The Gayatri Mantra is a source of all mantras in the ancient Indian tradition. Okay. The, the Gayatri Mantra is about the Wazar which is which is trillion times more powerful than the sun. And it is, it is the one that gives prana to earth, which is life force to earth. And in every Indian home, Gayatri Mantra is the ancient mantra that's uttered. And when you utter the Gayatri Mantra, it's not about the meaning of the mantra. It is actually the syllables and the sound. It actually impacts the DNA and it creates a scalar energy. Could you say that one for us? Gayatri Mantra. Gayatri Mantra. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Tell us where we can find you online. Okay. You can find me at www.umashankari.com. My website is not yet completely a business oriented. So if you see something, you like it, email me. I'll give 10% off until, until this, the month when you, when the episode goes live, just let me know the whole month. I'll get, give a 10% off let you know. for those who order an image from the website. I also have more artwork. If anybody wants to, you know, select from a different pile, which was the other question. You can also reach out to me on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash author. 
I think I've given the information to you, Lauren. There is also, I'm also on Instagram. So there's very many ways to get hold of me. The email is best. Okay. Uh, shoot me an email. I always check my email. Good. Good to know. All right. Well, this has been fascinating. And the images, I again, if you're listening to this and not seeing it, we will be bringing this out on video eventually. <laughs> I don't know when exactly. We'll add that to the show notes eventually. But it's an, it's an evolving process here. But they're amazing. And I know that you do have a few of them up on your website because I saw some of them there. And yeah, I think you also have videos on YouTube I was looking at. Uh, yes, my husband, he puts the videos on YouTube. There are some of them on YouTube as well. Yeah, yeah. so that's, it's fascinating. So you can find her on, on YouTube as well. Again, we'll yeah. put that in the show notes. All right, it's been, this has been lovely. Thank you so much for joining me here today. And to the listeners, thank you for joining us in this amazing conversation. And I hope that you'll return next Tuesday for the next episode of Curiously Wise. Thank you so much for joining us today on Curiously Wise. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future fabulous conversations. And if you had any ahas, please share them in a review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to pay forward the unique wisdom we all have. If you want to know more about me or my intuitive energy healing practice, Heartlight Wellness, please head over to my website, www.heartlightjoy.com. Curiously Wise is a team effort. I am grateful for the skill and enthusiasm Arlene Membrot, our producer, and Sam Wittig, our audio engineer, bring to this collaboration. Our music is Where the Light Is by Lemon Music Studio. I'm Lauren Wittig. Please join me again next week for another episode of Curiously Wise. From my heart to yours, may your life be filled with love, light, joy, and of course, curiosity.